0: The following audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information on our church or for more resources, visit us at StoneOakBible.com. Church today, we celebrate five years. (laughs) Today's our five-year anniversary and if you would have told me, you know, a couple months ago that this is the way we would be coming together. I wouldn't have believed you. I mean, this is unreal. But it reminds me that this is so often how life is. I mean, just unexpected. Things don't go the way we plan. And, And through it all, through it all, knowing that our God is still in control. He is in command. And he is good. He is good. So we know that this morning, and we are grateful. God has been so good to us these five years. We're excited for the future. Um, listen, every year, though, at this week on our, on our anniversary, we set aside a time to kind of come back as a church to our mission together. To remind us of, of who we are, of what we are called to do Together and why we are here. And the reason we do this, the reason we bring ourselves back is because we are so often prone uh, to forget, prone to get distracted and um, prone to wonder, right? And so we believe that it's so important for us to just kind of come back and to, and to schedule a time where we come back because listen, so much of life is different today. So much has changed. So much of life has changed, yet our mission has not. Our mission has not. Uh, listen, I want to look at Matthew 28 together. And as we do, I've looked at this text. I've preached this text. I have studied this text so many times, and and but never like this. And I mean that, and you'll see as we kind of walk through this, never... Never like this, and and I think that's exactly what God does so often, is is His word kind of comes alive and and meets us where we are, and He and He teaches, gives us what we need when we need it, and I believe that's what He's going to do this morning as we look at this. Um, let me give you a little bit of context here. So Jesus had just been arrested and mocked and beaten and scorned he was he was taken in he he had just breathed his last on a cross he um had just his body had just been laid in a borrowed tomb um by the way talk about unexpected right talk about things not going the way that that you thought they would. I mean, can you imagine what these disciples, what his disciples would have felt, would have been thinking in this moment? I mean, this was the Christ. This was the Messiah. Surely it can't be like this. It can't end like this, right? And in this moment, in that heaviness, we read, and we're going to talk more about this next week, um, that Christ rose he rose, that death could not hold him. Um, The grave could not keep him. He rose. We read in scripture that he appears to his disciples. We read in scripture that he appears to many others, that he conquers the grave. And then after appearing to them, after walking with them, talking with them, eating with them, we get to this scene. And I want us to look at verse, starting at verse 16. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Pause for a second. Pause for a second. Notice with me, it was 11, not 12, it was 11 disciples. It just shows the incredible impact that sin had had. Judas had just betrayed christ to death he had under the weight of that had hung himself and and now the disciples who were once 12 were now 11 and even their number reminded them that things were not the way that they had been before right here at the beginning and now i want to be up front with you on, on something again as i said i've studied this text i've preached this text i've looked at this text so many times um but i don't think I ever really took in verse seventeen the next verse um, listen to this church, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted when they they that they there there's there's a lot of debate on on who the they are here. Was it the 11 disciples? Was it the crowd? Was it more than just the 11, right? Um, But listen, however you see the they here, um, I want to keep the main thing, the main thing. As they saw Christ, they worshiped him, but some doubted him. There was a mixture, church, of worship. And of doubt. There was a mixture. See, doubt is a hesitation. It's not an outright unbelief. It's not an outright rejection. No, no. It's a hesitation. Doubt is a hesitation. A hesitation. And and by the way, Jesus can handle our doubt. Jesus can handle our doubt. In fact, he's about to speak directly to it. See, when they saw Jesus, there was a mixture. Worship and doubt. And yet don't don't miss this before we move on. Don't miss the fact that that the people even in the midst of their doubt, took the small step of obedience. See, Jesus told them to go to that mountain. And even in their doubt, they went. They took the small step of obedience and they went. And I love this because how relatable is this? How relatable is this? See, they took the step, they they gathered together, and in their gathering was this mixture of worship and of doubt. And if we're honest together, as we look at each other, so often, this is exactly what the church is. This is exactly what the church is. We are a collection of people. And when we gather to look at Christ, as they did here in this text, so often we are a mixture of worship and of doubt. And when they saw him, that 17 says, they worshiped him. But some doubted. If you are watching this right now and you are in a place right now of doubt, of of hesitation. Jesus is going to speak directly to you in this passage. He can handle your doubt and he's going to speak directly to us, to you through the doubt, through the hesitation. Listen to this in verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Church, the antidote to our doubt is Christ's authority. The antidote to our doubt is Christ's authority. It's not just a, you can do it. Stop doubting. No, that's not what it is. It's a look to Christ and understand his authority over all things. See, church, God's response to your doubt, to my doubt, it's not a you can do it. That's not it. Instead, it's a I can do it. This is this is this will change the way you think. See, as we said at the beginning, life is is not what. We expected, yet through it all, we know that our God is in control. He is in command, and we know that Christ is good. Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth, meaning, meaning there is no thing, there is nowhere, there is no one that is out of his sovereign authority. It is all authority over all things. And by the way, only the one who just conquered death could make that statement. But Jesus makes that statement, all authority. And then from this place, Jesus now shifts Into our mission. Listen to this as we shift our focus now to our Christ given mission as His people. Verse 19 Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Go, therefore. So therefore, what? what is that therefore, therefore? Well, here Jesus is tying us back to his authority, that he is... Over all things, in control of all things. And because He is in command, because He is in control, we therefore go. We go. Uh, we said it already, but the antidote to our doubt is Christ's authority. Well, in the same way, the basis of our mission, church, is Christ's authority. In other words, because He is in control, we go. Because he is an authority, we go. In church, this is, we see authority all through this. We see baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. That's all authority. It's his name. We see teaching them to observe. To observe what? All I have commanded you. That's authority. We even see, behold, I'm with you always, to the end of the age. This is a never-ceasing, never-stopping authority here on display. Our mission, church, is based on the authority of Christ. Based on the authority of Christ. Church, the authority of Jesus has not stopped and will restart after COVID. The authority of Christ has not paused um, and will restart after COVID. I, I've, because this is true, our mission, church, has not stopped and will restart after COVID. It has not been pushed We haven't pushed the pause button on mission through COVID. I've preached the great commission before. Um, This is our mission as a church. Um, I've preached it many times, but the application church today is going to look different than it ever has before. How can we be on mission since the mission has not been paused because the authority of Jesus has not been paused, how can we be on mission today? What does it look like today for you to be on mission for Jesus? I want to make two statements here that I think are really important for us to understand and to wrap our minds around. The first is that the church has not stopped. If, if we are waiting for the church to start up again, um, we have missed it. See, when the church can't gather, it's just because Jesus is giving us the place and the opportunity for us to scatter. See, the church has not stopped because the mission has not stopped. And the mission has not stopped because Christ's authority has not stopped. The church has not been paused. The church has not been stopped yes, it's going to look very different today than it ever has before. There's no question about that, but Christ is still in command and because of that, our mission is still in place. The church has not stopped. Second is we are the church. Our ability to fulfill the great commission is directly linked to your ability to fulfill the great commission in the places that God has placed you in this season. We are the church. Um, This has always been true, by the way. It's just that COVID has had this way of stripping everything else away so that we're able to see this more clearly. See, your call two months ago as a disciple of Jesus was to go and make disciples. And your call today is the same. In in the same way, our call, our mission as a church is the same today as it was two months ago. It's to go and to make disciples. So how are we doing? How are you doing in making disciples? Let's get specific. What does disciple making look like in this season that we are in, that God has placed us in, in his sovereign control? How are we doing? And I want to give us just a few steps of what this looks like. The first is this. Start with prayer. Start with prayer. Because he's in control. Because he's in command. Church, the most no-brainer, obvious, the the most logical and necessary thing that we could possibly do is to come to him in prayer. And, And you are going to be amazed, church, at how many opportunities you begin to see when you begin to pray for the opportunities, this is how God works. Start with prayer. Second is start in your home. Start under your own roof in a shelter in moment that we are in. um, Start with those with whom you're sheltered in. (laughs) I mean, this sounds obvious, but, but it is so true. We start here. How can we, how can you have a gospel conversation today? How can you? See, COVID-19 has given us more time than ever to disciple those in our home, to have gospel conversations with those in our home, to share the gospel with those in our home. Let us start here. And I know, I know we're not going to be perfect in this, but let us start here. Start having times of family worship where you can pray together, read scripture together, talk together, encourage each other. To bring shalom to the home, that's what our calling is. Start here, then move outward. Move outward. So pray, start at home, then move outward. Um, for those working out of your home, every conversation you have with your coworkers over video or phone, whatever it may be, is an opportunity. In a world of fear, how can you be the light to those you come in contact with? How can you use these conversations? Um, for those of you who have been impacted already by COVID-19, for those of you either through sickness or someone you love and care for who, is, who has gotten sick, how can you bring the peace and love of Christ to this situation? Is it a phone call? Is it a message? What is it? For those of you who have been impacted by COVID through your job, maybe you, you have been laid off or affected by this. How can you be the light of the gospel in this moment? What does that look like to be the light? Maybe for all of us, we can begin to look at that shelter in bingo that we gave out last week. Let's start to look at this and, and See some ideas that could maybe get us going in this direction. So pray. Start at home and then move outward. And then, lastly, is pray and then repeat. Pray and then repeat. This is what we're going to be about. Now is the time for the church to be the church, to be more than a weekend experience that we can kind of come and spectate. Now is the time for the church to truly be the church, real people saved by grace on real mission in real community together. Now is the time for the church to be the church. Now is the time for us to recommit ourselves to the mission that Jesus has given us. Now is the time. We have this powerful opportunity in front of us. And as we close, I'm reminded of a book um, called Don't Waste Your Cancer uh, by John Piper when my cousin uh, was diagnosed with cancer, I remember coming across this book and the idea was so simple. It was, um, um, unexpected and difficult things have this way of presenting us with the most powerful opportunities. Um, the book was, was written. So